Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph, and it is an absolute pleasure to have you today for episode number 140 of this wonderful podcast. We have a ton, of course, a ton of New England Patriots to dive into in regards to their 2022 NFL draft in its entirety. I want to cover every pick. I want to talk a little bit about each pick, my thoughts, and obviously the overlook of the entire draft itself for said New England Patriots. Yes, the Celtics did play game one of their best of seven series with the Milwaukee Bucks yesterday on Sunday. That will hopefully be a long series, so we'll have other days to get into that. But I do want to spend the majority of our time here talking about the Patriots draft as it was the most recent. It's the one of the biggest events of the year, especially in sports and in football specifically. But there was just so much action that happened on the draft. And if you guys didn't watch my 2022 NFL live stream of the draft for the first round, I strongly recommend you go do so. Uh, You'll be able to find that on my channel. It was super fun. It was uh, a blast leading up to pick 21 when the Patriots traded out. And it was also fun before the Patriots inevitably picked at 29. But Kim and I had a fantastic time. I mean, once the trades were flowing... It was just getting a little outrageous. So 
before we dive into the Patriots specifically, there is a little bit of housekeeping that I do want to go over really quickly before we actually dive into today's episode. So I know when I brought back season two, I was going to go, was it Friday, Monday, Friday, and then it was going to be once a week from there. But with the draft coverage coming up, obviously the Celtics playoff series, Bruins approaching that, the Red Sox being back, I did decide to still do Monday and Friday, uh, twice a week for the podcast. However, moving forward, I'm only going to be doing once a week. This was a very popular request by a lot of listeners as they would prefer to just have one longer episode once a week than a couple of shorter episodes twice a week. So I'm going to try it out, see how it goes. Obviously, you know, I don't want this to be a dictatorship type of podcast where it's my way or the highway. I definitely want listeners' thoughts and opinions to go into the product that they're listening. So if this is something that they would like to see, then this is something that I'm going to try and kind of see where it goes with. So the day that I chose to have the recording be once a week is on Fridays, but going back to the housekeeping this week there will be no friday episode and instead of that to make up for it i'm going to be having that episode on thursday and this is because kim is graduating from her doctorate degree or doctorate program i should say on friday at 10 o'clock in the morning and i don't really know what she wants to do that day if she has any plans but I'm going to be tabling that day all for her. So the shop itself is even going to be closed on Friday because, I mean, the the ceremonies at 10 may last an hour, may last two hours. But again, I want to save that day for her. I want nothing. I, I don't want anything in my schedule that prohibits me from spending time with her after graduating from a very crude and difficult three year journey in her life as she graduates with her doctorate degree in occupational therapy. So I'm going to be uh, tabling all of Thursday, going to be canceling the podcast for that day. I'm going to be closing the shop for that day. So that day is all going to be geared for her. And I hope this is something you guys can understand, which, I mean, I know you listeners, you're, you're freaking awesome. So I know that this probably shouldn't be a problem with any anybody, but I definitely want to give the heads up and the FYI. So instead of episode 141 being on Friday, May 6th, I will be recording that episode on May 5th, the day before on Thursday. And then from there on out, there will be podcast episodes on Friday moving forward as I'm going to be transitioning to that once a week type of uh, type of schedule. And again, this is something a lot of listeners had brought up, so I'm going to give it a run for its money. This week is just a little wonky right now because of uh, Kim's ceremony is on Friday. So moving forward, I guess that once a week will start next week on, I don't even have a calendar out. Uh, Let's see, it would start on May 13th. May 13th will be starting the once a week episodes, and I'm very excited. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Again, if it doesn't really work out, then maybe we can revisit the idea and pivot to back to twice a week, or maybe we can switch to a different day. Maybe we can do a Wednesday or a Thursday. I know a lot of the OG listeners remember those Wednesday episodes when I used to record three times a week. So cutting it down from three to two to one, uh, very interesting. Very, very interesting to say the least. But 
those are just a little bit of the housekeeping notes that I wanted to go over before we did dive into today's episode, which will mainly be Patriots and their draft. I would like to talk about the Celtics today at some point in regards to their game one against the Milwaukee Bucks, but I do plan on spending majority of the time here, and I don't want to cram in a Celtics discussion. I'd rather just kind of talk about the Celtics and the Bruins and their respective playoff series on Thursday's episode, because with the draft now gone or now behind us, there's not going to be a lot of football chatter to talk about. Obviously, a couple nuggets here and there. Any big trades or free agent signings that may still be out there, we'll obviously discuss about that. But with the draft gone, we're not going to be really talking about the Patriots until probably probably training camp, really. So let's dive into the Patriots draft for the 2022 season. Uh, I'm just going to run through the picks first, and then we'll talk about them individually. So in the first round, overall 29, the Patriots selected offensive linemen. Cole Strange out of Chattanooga. In the second round, 50th overall, the Patriots selected wide receiver Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor. Third round, 85th overall, the Patriots selected Marcus Jones to, uh, out of Houston. Fourth round, pick 121, again cornerback, they take Jack Jones out of Arizona State. In the fourth round, pick 127, the Patriots take running back Pierre Strong out of South Dakota State. Fourth round, pick 137, the Patriots took quarterback Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky. Sixth round, pick 183, the Patriots select running back Kevin Harris out of South Carolina. Sixth round, 200th overall, the Patriots take defensive tackle Sam Roberts out of Northwestern Missouri State. Sixth round, pick 210, Patriots select guard Chasen Hines out of LSU. And with their last pick in the draft, 7th round, pick 245 overall, the Patriots selected offensive lineman Andrew Stuber, Stubber out of Michigan. I'm not sure how to pronounce that name. But he is supposed to be a tackle, and Chasen Hines and Cole Strange are going to be your guards, per se, on this roster. Now, that is your entire 2022 class for the New England Patriots. A lot of people are ripping the Patriots and Bill Belichick for this class, and I would be remissive to say if I wasn't one of them. But the Patriots, I've had some time to think about this since fr- since Friday being the first round. I'm sorry, Thursday being the first round, since Friday being the second and the third round, and then obviously Saturday being rounds four through seven. So all of Sunday, I've had some time to sit and think about it. Obviously, this morning before I'm recording this podcast episode. And there's a lot of picks that are geared towards the bigger picture for the New England Patriots. Now, it may not be sexy at this current moment, but they're definitely geared long term. And that's something the Patriots fans do not want to hear. And deservingly so, because I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear the long term. Yes, it's good to have backup plans and future plans for the team long term. But, I mean, I've said this countless times here on this podcast that us Boston and New England fans, we want to win now. We have championship aspirations, championship expectations right now for this coming season. Drafting two cornerbacks, that seems like a now play awesome drafting two running backs in the fourth and the sixth round that seems like a future plan drafting a 
three offensive linemen. That seems like a future plan. So there's a lot of things. Oh, and obviously a backup quarterback. Well, what kind of plan is that? Is that uh, a back a backup future plan? I don't know. Because obviously Mac Jones is your quarterback. Brian Hoyer is the backup quarterback for the next couple of seasons with his new extension that he signed. But, I mean, the Patriots really shocked a lot of people with their draft. And I want to dive into each pick individually and give you my thoughts about it and how they can fit in to this draft. So, obviously, starting with Cole Strange, the guard from Chattanooga, let me just say, if you didn't watch the live stream on Thursday of me reacting to this Patriots selection, you're really missing out. Really, really missing out. Um, I was just bamboozled. I was puzzled. It, at that moment, didn't make a lot of sense to me. Now, let me just kind of backtrack real quick. Patriots are sitting at 21. There's Trent McDuffie, Daxton Hill, Lewis Sign, Nicobe Dean, and there was one more player, but I'm not sure who it was. I can't remember who that fourth player was that I really... Maybe Devin Lloyd? When did he go? Uh, Devin, when did Devin Lloyd go in the draft? Uh... By the Jags. But the Jags snuck up in that. Where did they? They snuck up in like the 20s, correct? 27th overall. Okay, yeah. So it was Devin Lloyd, N'Kobe Dean, Trent McDuffie, Daxon Hill, Lewis Sign. I think any of those five players would have been great fits here for the New England Patriots. Now, I know N'Kobe Dean's kind of have a little injury concern. And he fell all the way to the third round. I think that's an absolute steal. But you're sitting at 21. And you have... A need at wide receiver, a need at cornerback, a need at linebacker, and a probably a need at the, in the safety at some point. Obviously, you brought back Devin McCourty, but we all know he's lost a massive step. You have Kyle Duggar, great. Adrian Phillips, okay. Other than that, what do you got? And Daxton Hill is a great, versatile weapon. I mean, he's kind of like a Kyle Hamilton, maybe just a small step behind Kyle Hamilton, who is projected to be a top three top five top 10 who ended up going 14th or 15th to the ravens i think it was 14th and he could have played you know your high safety your box safety slot corner i mean he would have been very versatile for this team trent mcduffie would have gave you a solid week one starting cornerback it's just okay so the patriots are sitting at 21 and they trade that pick to the chiefs okay i didn't i did not like the trade going from 21 to 29, especially with the Chiefs, right? But you were able to get 29, and you were able to get a third and a fourth round pick. I was like, you know what? That's a pretty good return. I don't hate it. I like the return itself, but I didn't like the move. So, okay, a couple picks go by, whatever. Here comes 29. Now, McDuffie's off the board, and Devin Lloyd is off the board. Uh, you still have Daxton Hill at that time. You still had Lewis Sign at that time. And you still had Nicobe Dean at that time. Again, who was up there until the third round. But you take Cole Strange, a guard out of Chattanooga. Now, I've already, you know, did all the ranting and raving. So I'm going to kind of try to summarize my rant here. And I have to preface that I'm not bagging, I'm not dogging on Cole Strange in any way, shape, or form when I talk about this. He may be the best guard in the league for the next 10 years for all I know, okay? 
it's just, I mean, he seems like a likable guy. He seems like a really good guy, smart guy. He's a, a super senior at Chattanooga. And I do not want to make this seem like I am bagging on Cole Strange. Because I'm not. I'm absolutely not. It's not his fault that he got picked by the Patriots 29th overall. No way, shape, or form is that his fault. But at 29, yes, you have a need at guard. You have a small need at safety. You have a need at cornerback. You have a need at wide receiver, linebacker. I just feel like one of those more premium positions should have been taken than a guard. Yes, guard is very, very important. I just think that they're the, the tackles, if he was a tackle and you were taking him, okay, that makes a little bit of sense. You need to protect Mac Jones's, you know, either blind side or his front side. Makes sense. I just don't think the value was there drafting Cole Strange at 29, whereas you could have drafted like a Daxton Hill or, I mean, I guess you could have took an Andrew Booth or, I mean, I would have rather see them taking John Mechie or, or Sky Moore here at 29, and I didn't want them to. But I just think those holes were bigger than a guard. And, you know, I mean, Shaq Mason was drafted in the fifth round. And you traded him away for a fifth-round pick. I mean, you can find guards in later rounds. I mean, you damn did it with Shaq Mason. I mean, Michael Onwenu, who's been a, a guard, tackle, center, you know, a really versatile offensive lineman in his two short years here. And I believe he was in the sixth round or, or fifth round, something like that himself. Now, again, could this guy be the absolute best guard in the league? Sure. But I think if you were set in stone and taking him, trading out of 29, grabbing even more assets, and taking him early day two may have been the plan to go with. Now, obviously, you can't guarantee that he's going to be there at, say, 37, right? Just a few picks into the second round. But I I think we could all wrap our heads around that move. Trade out of 21 to 29, grab additional three or four Trade out of 29, get a second, grab additional uh, 3 and 5 or 4 and 5, whatever it may be. And I think, you know, we would hate it in the heat of the moment, trading out of two first-round picks. But again, it just, it would have made more sense for the team as a whole rather than drafting a guard. Again, not a sexy position. This is definitely a long-term play, which in a vacuum Patriot fans don't like. They want now. They want immediacy. And that's fair to ask. And it just makes me really question Bill Belichick as a GM. Now, obviously, again, if he's the best offensive guard uh, for the next 10 years, then we're going to be, you know, he's going to be laughing at us. But that makes me question his other picks in this draft, especially the next one in Tyquan Thornton, the wide receiver out of Baylor who the Patriots took in the second round at 50th overall. And uh, New England, this is, so I'm reading this off of an article from Pat's Pulpit. Uh, let's see, is there an art author? Author, author. There is no, oh, here we go, by Bernard Butchmasser. Uh, he updated this article on April 30th at 6.37 p.m. And I'm just kind of reading what the blurbs are on each player, which I didn't talk about strange, but I, you Got the idea from what I was saying. So, uh, what's his name again? Burned says about Tyquan Thorne. New England moved up on the board in the second round in order to draft Thorne, and doing so allowed the team to add some serious speed to its offense. 
The Baylor product, after all, was the fastest offensive player in the draft and gives the team a legitimate field stretcher at the wide receiver position. Thorne has some red flags in relation to his size, but he is an athletically intriguing high upside prospect. Now, trust me, I love the speed. I think it's exactly what the Pats need, especially to take the top off the defense, have that cover one high safety, you know, vacate that position to go towards him for double coverage, and it will help leave the other side of the field, the middle, and obviously the short, much more open. I like that aspect of it, but we all can admit that Mac Jones isn't a deep ball thrower. So even if Tyquan Thornton burns his man after 40 yards, I just don't see him getting the ball from Mac Jones on a deep 55-yard throw. I just don't see it happening all too often. Now, if we just think back, because his unofficial 40 time did break the 40 record, but then obviously when they go back into it, they looked at it, and they were able to realize that he ran a 4.28, I believe, which is still damn blazing fast, or 4.27, something like that. Very, very fast. But if we remember a few years ago, that John Ross, the wide receiver, I forget where he, where he went, but he got drafted by the Bengals in the first round, who broke the 40-yard dash record, and he hasn't done anything in his career. Absolutely nothing. So it's like, what is his blazing speed really going to do? Now, yes, I know he was with the Bengals, and they weren't all that good, but he had you know Andy Dalton for a bit. You had A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, and he was with the Giants, I believe, this year. But last year, he was still with the Bengals, and he had a little bit of borrow action there, but he still wasn't able to produce and put up any numbers. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here, making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at so, what is this blazing speed really going, especially in the second round? Now, I just w I would have rather see them taking a John Mechie kind of wide receiver to pair up Mac Jones with a collegiate teammate who had who they had a lot of success with. I'd rather see them go that direction. And if you still want a Tyquan Thorn, I don't know, trade back into the second round to grab him, or take him with your next pick. And I mean, again, I think the speed is a great idea. But the, the, the chemistry that Jones and Mechie had, I think, is is going to be really, really special, or it would have been really special, and it would have been really important. I mean, look at what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase were able to do. Now, obviously, Jamar Chase is a better receiver than John Mechie, but they were able to just pick up right where they left off from their days at LSU. Like, nothing ever happened. I mean, we, we've yet to seen it, but Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence – the uh, quarterback running back duo from Clemson. You know, Travis Etienne did miss a lot of time. Well, actually, missed the whole season. But that could be still something special that they have down in Jacksonville, along with the new coach and the new weapons they brought in. Another year of progression of Trevor Lawrence. That could have been something. So I don't hate the pick here. It's just a puzzling pick nonetheless, to be honest. So the first two picks definitely did not sit well with. Patriots fandom and going to number three where they drafted Marcus Jones the cornerback out of Houston with the 85th overall pick in the third round 
The Patriots and Jones were engaged in some active contact during the pre-draft process, and that apparently gave the team confidence to bring him aboard. An exceptionally versatile player that is capable of making an immediate impact as a punt and kickoff returner, the 5'8 Jones projects as a future starter at the slot cornerback position. So this is where I have some questions. Are you drafting this guy in the third round to be your returner, whether it's punt or kickoffs? Or are you bringing him in to be your slot cornerback? Because as it stands right now, the Patriots have Jalen Mills and Malcolm Butler on the outside, and they have Jonathan Jones on the inside. Now, if you ask me, I think the outside cornerbacks are a much bigger need than your slot cornerback. And I believe Jonathan Jones' contract runs up, I think, at the end of this year or next year. So could Marcus Jones be kind of a returner sub-slot cornerback until then? I guess. But a third-rounder for a punt kickoff returner for the next year? I just that doesn't make any sense to me. If he was an outside cornerback, then that would make a lot of sense. You know, you could have him, you know, in four wide receiver sets. You could have him sub in for Jalen Mills or even Malcolm Butler and just rock with him that way. And then obviously get whatever you can on the punt and kickoff returns. I mean, he's five foot eight, so he's undersized, but it just it doesn't seem like a, a, an immediate need right now. It seems like a long term need. And I understand that Bill Belichick, you know, loves playing chess while others are playing checkers. A lot of teams will get needs for now where he's getting needs for the future. But you do have a hole at cornerback left by J.C. Jackson. You do have a need at uh, – you do have a, need, <laughs> a lot of needs. Wide receiver. Yeah, you brought in Devontae Parker, but I've already talked about all you know that transition from this year into next year with Myers, Harry, and Aguilar. I've already talked about that. I mean, the linebacker issue, I mean, I don't think it still was solved. They didn't even draft a single linebacker all draft. They drafted two corners, two running backs, a quarterback, and three offensive linemen. Are we really satisfied with our linebacking core? So it's just days one and two for, for Bill and the Patriots draft just really left a sour taste in the Patriots' mouth. And, okay, yes, if we're playing for the future, I mean, I guess looking at this draft in a vacuum is a fantastic draft if we're looking at the future, which, again, there's nothing wrong planning for the future. But who's your cornerback one, okay? Who's your, you know, who's your wide receiver two? Who's your, you know, second linebacker? What about an edge rusher? What about a, a safety? I mean, I mean, McCourty's slow. What if he just keeps getting burnt and burnt and burnt? Very questionable. Very, very questionable first couple picks. But let's get into day three and talk about rounds four through seven. So Jack Jones, the other cornerback that the Patriots drafted out of Arizona State, coming off a turbulent college career, the Patriots used their first pick on day three to bring Jones aboard. Spending the last three seasons at Arizona State, he appeared in 25 games and recorded six interceptions and 19 pass deflections, leading the Sun Devils in the latter category. Jones has a history of off-the-field issues, but is an able, pressed man cornerback who should compete for playing time on the boundary right away. I mean, listen, 
I like what I see. Six interceptions, 19 pass deflections in 25 games. I'm loving the press man cornerback who should compete for playing time on the boundaries, obviously within the field of play right away. I love all of that. But Jones has a history of off-the-field issues. Doesn't seem like a Bill Belichick kind of a play. Yeah, you brought in Aaron Hernandez before. Yeah, you brought in Chad Ochocinco. Yeah, you brought in Adelius Thomas. Yet, I mean, but like, those aren't guys you drafted. Those are guys that you signed for cheap money because no other team wanted to take that gamble on them because of the set off the field issues. Aaron Hernandez, yes, you did draft, and that pick did turn out well, but I mean, obviously. You know, what happened and him getting sentenced to prison and obviously the suicide, you know, kind of fell things through. But like besides Hernandez, you don't really draft players with off the field issues. It just, listen, if he turns into be one of the best 15, 10 cornerbacks in the league, I'm going to be eating my words for sure. Again, this just seems like a really iffy pick for me. Because of the off-the-field issues. Now, if he had no off-the-field issues, then this dude would have probably won in the second round. Second, third round max. Especially where he's getting six interceptions and 19 pass deflections in 25 games. I mean, a press man corner, I mean, that's the type of defense the Patriots want to run is man coverage. But with the secondary that they currently have, I just don't see that happening. I feel like they're going to be playing a lot more zone and especially with no um, help at safety, especially with no linebacker, no true coverage linebackers, you're going to be playing a lot of zone. So we're going to really see how these picks turn out. You know, mo- both Marcus Jones and Jack Jones and see how they really play into the Patriots secondary, into the defense, and how they're used in year one or if they're just future picks again, which I think that this whole draft is geared more towards. Uh, Bill Belichick does not have a good reputation at drafting cornerbacks. Don't say J.C. Jackson. Don't say Malcolm Butler. They were both undrafted free agents. Patriots have a much better success rate taking in undrafted free agents than they do at actually drafting cornerbacks. So will these guys be bust? Will they be stars? Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Pierre Strong, running back out of South Dakota State, fourth round, 127 overall. He's the second of New England's fourth-round picks. Spent uh, strong, spent his entire career at South Dakota State, where he was a highly prolific player, appearing in 48 games for the Jackrabbits. Strong carried the football 631 times for 4,527 yards and 40 touchdowns. Additionally, he caught 62 passes for 581 yards and three more scores. A lot of people are saying that he could be the heir to James White, with him coming off the big hip injury, him approaching I think 29 at this point strong could be kind of being groomed to be James White's replacement which again future pick but on the other side of the token you can't have enough running backs especially with Stevenson having uh, some injury issues Harris having some injury issues plus he's going into a contract season the Patriots more than likely won't pay him to bring him back so Pierre Strong is again more geared towards the future, but he could absolutely be used here in the now, as is Kevin Harris, the other running back they drafted in the sixth round, but I'll get to him in a moment. Bailey Zappi, the quarterback out of Western Kentucky, taken with the 137th overall pick there in the fourth round. Zappi is coming off an immensely productive career 
That included stops at Houston Baptist, and then he transferred to Western Kentucky. His lone season with the Hilltoppers in 2021 saw him rewrite the FBS record books. He threw for 5,987 yards and has 62 touchdown passes and entered the draft radar. The 6-foot, 215-pound quarterback projects a developmental backup in New England. Well, with Mac Jones being your first-round 15th overall pick last year, he better be a damn backup. And he's playing at Western Kentucky. I couldn't even tell you what conference they play in, but breaking all those records, it, it, it's cool, it's nice, congratulations, but that does nothing for me, especially if you're playing in a no-name conference. I'm going to look up what conference they play in. Western Kentucky Football Conference. They play in the CUSA, Conference USA. Uh, not SEC, it's not an ACC school, it's not a Power 5 school. And I honestly strongly believe that you can, yes, you can get good players out of non-Power 5 schools. But I mean, who was it? The Texans took like five straight players out of the SEC. The SEC is a uh, the NFL's minor league system with Alabama, LSU, Arkansas. It's just like it goes on and on with those schools. At CUSA, I mean, again, congratulations for breaking all those records. I sure as hell am not going to be able to do that. But it does nothing for me, especially when he's going to be a developmental backup. You already have Brian Hoyer, who will be and is Mac Jones's mentor. And then you have Bailey Zappi. I mean, goodbye, Jared Stidham. What a waste of a fourth-round pick he was. Enter Bailey Zappi to fill that void in that role. I mean, I understand that you want to have backup depth at every position, and quarterback should not be forgotten about. Again, this is a future pick. I just... I would rather have seen something for the now than something more geared towards the future. Uh, the other running back, Kevin Harris, uh, six-round pick, 183 overall out of South Carolina. A big-bodied running back at six foot, 221 pounds. Harris projects as an early down between the tackles runner at the next level. He is coming off a productive two-year run at the, as the Gamecocks running back one, having carried the ball 337 times for 1,619 yards and 19 touchdowns. That literally sounds like a what Damian Harris is, that big body, run right through the tackles, go push for the first down, maybe a little bit of LeGarrette Blunt, um, and obviously what you get out of Ramondre Stevenson as a physical runner. Stevenson can kind of do a little bit of both, running and pass catching. I'd like to see him do more running, obviously, but Kevin Harris kind of projects as the potential true replacement for Damian Harris if they do end up moving on from from Damian Harris. I know there's so many Joneses, so many Harris. It's just like, Jesus, got to slow down a little bit. With two picks to go, we have Chasen Hind out of LSU. He is a guard, and the Patriots took him the sixth round, 210 overall. A well-built interior lineman at six foot three, 327 pounds. Hines has experience at all three positions. He will compete for a backup spot behind projected starting three Cole Strange, David Andrews, and Michael Owenu. Based on his draft position, however, Hines will not be guaranteed a spot on the 53-man roster come the regular season. I guarantee you he will be on the regular season roster due to his versatility. Bill Belichick loves versatile players. And Chasen Hines is that indeed. He is very versatile, obviously being able to play Left guard, right guard, center. Could you throw him on the outside? 
eh, I guess. But, I mean, again, you're drafting a guard in the sixth round, and you took Cole Strange the first. I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but it's just for the future. And, yes, is it going to be nice to have Chase and Hines be a, a backup guard for 2022? Sure, you absolutely could use depth. So, yes, this is also a now pick. And in the sixth round, you're filling holes on your roster. You're filling in depth, and that is perfectly okay. Um, I do see that I did miss one, and I missed Sam Roberts, the defensive tackle from Northwestern Missouri State. So, it went Kevin Harris, Sam Roberts, Jason Hines. So let me circle back to Sam Roberts really quickly. Patriots took him in the sixth round, picked 200th overall. Roberts projects as a package-specific depth option along the Patriots' interior defensive line, having appeared in 50 games during his collegiate career and registering 18.5 sacks. The number that does stand out, however, is a different one. The 24-year-old has blocked five kicks in his career at Northwestern Missouri State, Northwest Missouri State. That just sounds like a Bill Belichick guy. Uh, a special teamer gets his nose in there to block kicks. 100% a Bill Belichick guy. I mean, Bill Belichick loves his special teams, hence why he drafted, uh, where is he, uh, Marcus Jones in the third round. That's why he's taking Sam Roberts here. Could you have gotten a better cornerback earlier? Sure. Could you have gotten a better defensive tackle earlier? Sure. But you you knew that Sam Roberts was going to be here in the spot because 18 and a half sacks over 50 games, nice career, but f blocked five kicks in his career um, at Northwest Missouri State. Guarantee you that is why he is now aboard this team. All right, in the last pick of the 2022 draft for the New England Patriots in the seventh round at pick six, uh, 245 overall is offensive lineman predicted to be a tackle. Andrew Stober, Stubber, Stuber, I don't know how to say that, out of Michigan. Coming off a five-year career at Ann Arbor that saw him start 22 games, Stauber offers tackle guard versatility and some good size at 6'6", 325 pounds. He became the third offensive lineman selected by the Patriots in this year's draft and will not guaranteed a roster spot is expected to factor into the mix both on the interior and on the outside. Again, Patriots need offensive line depth. If he's versatile, he's going to have a very good chance at becoming a uh, a rosterman on the 53-man roster for the Patriots. I mean, if you can have Hines and Stauber basically cover the entire offensive line in terms of what positions they can play in just those two guys alone, that's going to offer a lot of versatility for the Patriots. You're not going to have to carry a fourth offensive lineman if you don't want to. You can just stick to three and you can have those two guys be your primary. I mean, again, this seems like a pick for now with a lot of depth, but it also seems like a pick for the future as well. But again, do we see Hines, do we see Stauber being starters anytime soon, now or in the future? Probably not, but hey, you never freaking know. So that is the entire 2022 NFL draft class, draft class excuse me, for the New England Patriots. But let me know your thoughts, your opinions, your comments about the entirety of the 2022 NFL draft class for your New England Patriots. Let me know down in the comment section below if you're listening to this on YouTube or reach out to me via social media at Town. I would love to hear your thoughts specifically about Cole Strange being taken with the 29th overall pick. I want to know your thoughts about Tyquan Thornton. I want to know your, pick, uh, your thoughts about the two cornerbacks, the two running backs, the backup quarterback and taking three total offensive linemen. 
Uh, very intriguing draft class. Again, this is more for the future than it is for the present. How does that make you feel? There's just so much to really dive into and talk about in terms of this draft class for the New England Patriots. But that is going to wrap it up for today's episode. I know I said I was going to talk about the Celtics, but unfortunately, I just kind of ran out of time here. I wanted to make sure I focused on the draft class because now that the draft is over, it's going to be basketball. It's going to be Bruins. Obviously, the Red Sox will get mixed in early on in their season and how terrible they've been doing. But again, today was probably the last episode that I was really going to dive in to talk about the Patriots with, again, the draft now uh, over. And of course, don't forget, Thursday will be episode number 141 as there will be no Friday episode. The shop will be closed as well. I'll be blasting all that on social media just to give people the heads up and the awareness in case they see that first and the podcast second. But thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying today's episode. I really appreciate all the love and support. For all those that are listening on audio-only platforms, thank you. Thank you again for downloading, listening, and enjoying. You can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk on Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, Stitcher. Any place that you can find and listen to your podcast, you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk. If you're listening to this episode here on YouTube, please make sure you like the video comment down below again any thoughts questions comments concerns and also subscribe to the channel as well as i would greatly appreciate the love and support you can find me on social media twitter instagram facebook at Murph's card town reach out to me with anything you want to talk about any question comments concerns anything you may have of the like that is going to do it for today's episode i will catch you in the next one but between now and then you guys know that i love you and i will always always see you What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.